Hi there. It's Gina Murphy-Darling, and I would like to warmly, passionately, lovingly welcome you to this first episode of a brand new podcast series for Mrs. Green's World. How exciting is that? The time of launching something new could not be more perfect given what is going on in our world right now in the times of COVID-19. We need to have new things, new ideas, new voices, new ways of doing things, new ways to inspire each other and to reach out and go beyond our own comfort zones. So this has been in the works in my head for quite a while. Um, What better time to strike out a new path? So here I am. A little bit of a backstory. Um, Quite some time ago, I realized that something was really nagging at my soul. You know how you get that feeling that, you know, there's something that's just bugging you, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And I went deeper with that. So here it is. After almost every interview, I would have these dynamic, explosive, engaging conversations with my team and my family and my friends about what we all learned during the show. I wanted to know what listeners were thinking, not just my family and friends, and what they were putting into action, what you were putting into action. I wanted a place for us to continue the dialogue and learn from each other. I wanted to share my thoughts, hopes, challenges, and hear yours. Thus, the concept for this show was sparked, and today, it is born. This will be our birthday. Each episode will be created with the intention to engage, inspire, and maybe even delight. My intense hope, my sincere hope, my pleading hope is that I will hear from you about the episodes on our social media, via email, or a phone call. I want these episodes to ignite a connection within our tribe that supports all of us continuing to do the good thing for our health, the health of those we love and the planet. So welcome to A Place for Us. This first episode is going to be about community, community connections, support, and sustainability. What happens within community when difficult times or a crisis hits? I would like to share what's been coming up for me during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I can honestly say that supporting And being engaged in my community has always been really important for me. I remember when I was like seven or eight years old, I started something called the Jolly Workers Club. And I was organizing kids in the neighborhood to help clean up what I then called old people's yards. Right now, I'm one of those old people and I'm organizing my own yard. But that's when I remember first organizing people in my community to have an impact on my community. And we had little membership cards and little projects, and it was really pretty amazing. Um, And I have supported locally owned businesses before it was a thing, because who doesn't like to go to a restaurant or a bakery or retail store and actually get greeted by name? It's the ultimate cheers experience. Sometimes you really do want to go somewhere where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. It just feels good. And now it feels better than ever. And then COVID-19 happens, and I have given so much thought, as I am sure many of you have, to how delicate life really is, to how much freedom I took for granted, how important my health and the health of all the people I love has become to me. Some things that you just never even thought of because we're all healthy, right? 
I also realized that as the owner of a small business, what a high priority my team is to me. They are part of my family, and I care deeply about their health and their financial well-being, and I care deeply in terms of supporting my local community. Um, and the decisions that we've made here as a family, as the family of Murphy Darlings, were to support locally owned restaurants because that's really kind of like the low-hanging fruit, and yet it matters so much. So we've committed to getting takeout once a week. But before I order, I ask the restaurant about their safety protocols because you can't just assume since you're taking it out and bringing it into your car that a lot of safety protocols have been followed. So we've decided to shelter at home for our sake and for health of our community we are cooking more, we're playing more games, we're doing more year work in our yard and stay tuned for that because we're almost finished with our milkweed slash butterfly garden. And truth be told, we love that. We're sitting outside more and being still and talking. So life has slowed down for us and I don't mind that part at all. So I had a conversation with a real Shiro in my community who happens to be a good friend of mine, someone I, I adore, and I adore her whole family, and we see each other socially, and she is what I would call a mover and a shaker and a passionate, passionate leader when it comes to supporting community. Her name is Renee Krieger. She's the owner of Renee's Organic Oven, and I'm going to share with you what she had to say about engaging with and supporting our community during this COVID-19 pandemic as a human being that truly cares and as a restaurateur. She's a dear friend for lots of reasons. I love her as a mother and as a wife and as a friend and as a business owner. I love her passion. I love her crazy, whacked out, fun way of being when we go out. I mean, she, what you see is what you get. And the reason why I asked her to be with me today is because she has whirling dervish brain like I do. And it's just about safety. Because when I think of the word community, Renee's picture flashes in my head. She is all about community, community, community. The community of her family, the community of the people that work for her, the community of the people that support her restaurant, and the community at large, and the community of the planet. So she's my friend, and gosh darn it, people like you. So let's get started because <laughs> what I really wanted you to share is I was talking about to you yesterday, very emotional conversation about what we can do and how do we show up as our best selves. So I wanted you to share your passion and have people hear what you're doing to make sure that the food you're putting out is as safe as it can be, that your staff are as safe as they can be, and the beat goes on. So it's all about you now. It's a place for us, and you're the us that's up. <laughs> well, thank you, and thanks for inviting me into this conversation. Um, I, I would like to thank you for reminding me that I'm also a mother, a wife, and a friend, because right now I just feel like you know, an important community rallier and someone trying to make sure that my business and my team works. And there's, there's a lot of components to that. Um, so thank you. 
I, I wrote it down so that I'll remember that I'm, I'm a lot of things right now. <laughs> we are a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can tell you that the, for me, looking at this, my mind has a, it just has a way of looking at things that makes this easier for me to assimilate the concerns. It makes it harder for me to see, like to not panic. Um, but then I just go, you can't panic. And there is the, that there's not any solutions in panic. Um, so really what I tried to do immediately when I saw this happening around the world was to assess the way that that kind of would play out in all of the many systems that I'm familiar with and that people that I know and love are familiar with, kind of assess the impact that that would have and plan for it. So my, my, my understanding of how this virus was going to go through and all the systems it was going to affect led me to thinking about when somebody is placing an order, um, when somebody's entering my building, when my staff is coming in here, what is our responsibility and, and what can we do to make this, um, to lessen, to just lessen this, um, to kind of spread awareness about this and to really just take the lead in being responsible about it to protect ourselves and to best serve the community that supports us every day and looks to us to be there for them. So what we did was just developed a system where we take all of our extremely um, well thought out and also government mandated responsibilities we have as a restaurant. And we just kind of expanded on those by saying, well, we know what we touch. We know what we interact with. And we know that the main way this is getting spread is that way. So we just need to eliminate that. So we were in the middle of an extremely busy dinner service after an extremely business week, busy week. And it just came to the point of going, there's just something about this that is not conducive of the better health of our community here. What can we do? So a lot of this comes from just a basic um, care for what we can do, trying to really think about ways to always be being the best person that I can be, um, putting in the best practice that I can put, caring the most that I can, and doing what I can about that. So when even though we were busy and even though the news wasn't ramping up yet, it was a matter of awareness. It was a scary awareness. I knew that it would have a lot of um, consequences either way. Either way, this went. Right. So my my moment of clarity um, allowed me to say, I'm going to make this choice on my own. And, that, and, and in my own way, as much as that's community-driven, it was also selfish. And it was something I encouraged, encouraged other people to do, which was take a moment to reevaluate your structure, the systems that you're involved in. And when you have this moment to breathe, because it's not going to feel like you do in a week, do what you can. Right. So we utilized that time. Um, I utilized that time with an incredible team of people to come up with ways that would make this work in a situation where we could stay open and feel good about what we were doing to keep serving food and feel protected. I do want you to go into a little bit of detail because what you did is stop me in my tracks and make me think because here's my deal. My husband is in a really high-risk category, and that matters to me. And if I get it, he gets it. 
So we are doing the right thing. We're ordering food from people we love and restaurants we love. And that's a good thing. And I don't want it to sound sarcastic. But you made me think about asking those places what are their protocols for protecting their staff, their credit cards, the germs from being put on the bag. So I think you could go through what you're expecting your staff to do, not just to keep um, the customer safe, but them safe, because your community starts at the core of where it should. And I mean that about your family and then your family at work. Yeah, I I mean, I think that um, I will definitely go into that. And I I really want to say that the basic... um, economy of a restaurant, it, it's incredibly fragile. Um, if you're working within it, there are so many dynamics at play that if you aren't aware of them as a consumer or as a restaurateur, as the chef in the restaurant, as the dishwasher or as the waitress, it's really easy to not understand how predictable this, this is. Um, this was incredibly predictable and very unfortunate. It, it's deeply concerning that this um, that our entire structure of restaurants, which employs, it's one of I think it's the second biggest industry in our country of employing people. This is a humongous amount of amazing people working hard to really be a part of our day every life in celebration. There are people that are working second jobs so that they can do other things in their life. There are people that are basically caregivers at heart. And that are usually more trained to deal with stress than some of the most qualified, stressful jobs that you can have in our country. <laughs> it's so true. Um, oh my gosh, it's so it, true. Yeah, and cooks—they're the same. You know, it's—it's it's a really the the intensity that we're used to. This is this is one of the things. Like right now, our creative juices are like fight or flight mode. Our way of actually doing business as anybody who's in a restaurant. This not just shakes us economically, this shakes our spirit, this shakes our crew, this shakes the way that we are used to our energy filling and um, sustaining us each day. We're used to extreme ups and downs in a restaurant. Um, it, and it's this, this whole thing is everything that we're used to doing, this is really calling to action a whole new understanding. And I think economically speaking, Restaurants are, you know, we all love to go out to eat. And when people find value in that, they have to understand that the value of the restaurant experience is based on a a total that you pay, a total that you tip. Um, 90% of what people are spending in a restaurant, it's gone. It's gone to all of the employees, to all of the rent, to all of the overhead. And that's if you're lucky, you'll have 10%. So it's an incredibly fragile industry. People are very afraid to make the decisions that they needed to make. And quite frankly, if you can imagine that that's the system you're used to functioning in, there hasn't been a lot of thought or ability to prepare for something like this to happen. So it's not all about negligence. It's not all about um, that you can even expect somebody to know these things. It's it's a lot to ask of people who are you know, grinding every day to do this work. So I think this is this has to be known as a complete abrupt change to everything that most restaurant tours and their teams are aware of at all. They're just not aware of how to prepare for this or have any ability to have something in place to make it through this. So 
the the more that people understand that and the more aid that does come in is going to be incredibly important because we don't have the ability to sustain ourselves on this. The whole entire model, the whole entire economic structure of restaurants, it is not built for this. It is not. And every time we all go out to eat, we need to know that. We need to know that. Um, I can tell you right before we decided to close, we were implementing strict measures. Um, we always clean all parts of the table, all salt, pepper shakers, sugar caddies. We start at the top of the table. We go around the sides of the table. We then clean the seats of the table. That is what we've always done. So when we implemented on top of that, we always have a san sanitizer on our station where our bus cart is as well. Um, we implemented on top of that, that we were going to definitely increase our amount of sanitizing our own hands and cleaning them in between. We definitely did notice, oh my gosh, there's a lot of people coughing. Um, we would take <laughs> What a feeling. Over, it's um, like that, just that, putting the, your staff were at risk. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. Now when we I sneeze the, or cough, James and I look at each other and go, oh, I never even yeah. thought about sneezing or coughing until about three weeks ago. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, in a restaurant, you always should, you know, you have to pretty much, you pretend that every single thing that you do has an impact on someone else around you and that everything that you do is being seen by somebody. Um, because I care a lot about what I see, I have a lot of rules in place already. So for me, this wasn't a huge shift. And for my staff, it wasn't. But even them, I think they thought that I was being a little bit like, are you serious about this? But with everything that I sent, I sent it with material. I sent it with why I was concerned. I was consistent in my messaging and my truest, deepest belief that this is something that's going to end up being exactly where we are now that this is something that is going to take tremendous amount of care and a tremendous toll on not only ourselves and our families, but our community and the world as we know it. So my thinking was whatever I can do to let you know that I have you this far, I'm walking with you through this, and this is what I'm asking of you, is all I could do. So th that is really, that was it. And I could not in any good conscience ask them to do that or mean what I was saying without putting into place provisions that protect them. The wake up call for me yesterday, which is where I felt, let's put this in action, is that where we have um, a pickup order tomorrow night from a, a locally owned restaurant and people, that's another part of this message, locally owned, locally owned, locally owned. Um, one of the things I saw is how many times have you approached a restaurant you go to for a gift card? Well, now you need to be the gift card back. My plea is to everyone that I love that listens to this, just be careful. Use extra precautions. And the, and the last word for me, Renee, is you can do something. Everybody who's listening, you can do something. And all of us like to eat. Everybody eats. And the one thing that's been the easiest for me to do is to support the friends that I know and love who own restaurants and whose staffs are up that famous tributary without a paddle if we don't help, if we don't keep showing up. Yeah. So to sum it all up from the bottom of my very green and passionate and full heart, I feel that each and every listener is a part of my tribe. You are my community. You are my reason for doing what I do, and you inspire me 
every day by your likes and your comments and your input on all of our social media platforms and when I meet some of you personally. But I would love to up the ante and personally ask you to get engaged with me. Can we share with each other? What are you seeing in your community, the community of your home, your neighborhood, your backyard? What choices are you making to support those around you during this pandemic? What are you doing to take care of you, to take care of yourself? Please reach out on our platforms. You can email me, gina at mrsgreensworld.com, or give me a call at 520-230-3977, extension 7. Again, it's 520-230-3977, extension 7. And let's keep talking and connecting. Thanks so much for listening and for being a part of my world. And please stay safe.